Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. Joining us before too long will be Drew Goodman. Of course, you know him as the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. We'll be breaking down some uh, excitement and anticipation over the upcoming All-Star festivities. Patrick, we're already getting excited about that. Of course, want to catch the uh, fever of the audience. If you're here with us on the live YouTube, uh, make sure you're dropping those comments, letting us know what you're most excited about. And also, first and foremost, your reaction to the walk-off hit-by-pitch. Could not have expected that. Um, did did expect and did predict that the Rockies uh, would not win a series on the road. Again, it's not not going to brag about it, but I, this is the way I see things really? going. Unfortunately, but we did say we did say the first game they don't have to necessarily win it because of the next two days starters. Uh, more so about the D backs right. guys that are going uh, than the Rockies, but absolutely shocked. Partially because you don't see it very often, uh, and if you've been watching Rockies games, and in fact, if you've been watching every single Rockies game in the history of the franchise, it's never happened before. They've never had a plunk off. Only right. the Angels and Rays are the the final two teams that have ever never had a a, a walk off hit by pitch, and um, there's there's only four teams I think um, that have that have never won a game like that. The Rockies, uh, I, I don't think the Rockies have ever won a game on a walk-off hit-by-pitch either. It's, I think, them, yeah. Marlins, Seattle, Toronto, only franchises to never win a game with a walk-off hit-by-pitch. We've seen a, uh, a walk-off walk or walk-off wild pitch. We've seen a sacrifice fly with a starting pitcher uh, as a pinch runner on third base. You, we've seen a lot of different crazy ways to end a ball game, but not like that. And it doesn't, it shouldn't shock you too much again, because it wasn't at home. It was on the road because it was Daniel Bard. Yeah, I know it was the D backs, but it doesn't entirely, that part shouldn't shock you. You go, eh, kind of par for the course, not heartbreaking. I'll say it that no, a little shocking, but not heartbreaking. If, if Peralta hits a home run right there, puts one in the gap or, before that, if the first batter of the inning hits a walk-off solo home run before all the walks and hit by pitches, you go, yeah, that tracks. That's perfectly within the realm of what I would have expected for the Rockies on the road and how this season has gone in the bullpen and even Bardo and his struggles and everything. But the, I mean, you just, you're like, man, they they out here inventing ways to lose. And and I, I thought about this as well. Will a walk-off Bach did occur years before the walk-off hit by pitch. I was trying to find it specifically. If, if you can remember, I know it was a Rockies relief pitcher in 2008, and it basically mathematically eliminated them from the postseason. Uh, it was like Ryan Spire or like one of those guys, like someone who had been really good for the 07 team. It's kind of a nice, fun Cinderella story. And with everything that was going wrong in 08, it was late in the year, runner at third, uh, Tie game on the road. 
guy box in comes the run and that was the end of the Rockies season mathematically and <laughs> it's like so yeah they they had a balk off before they had a plunk off yeah box happened man it, it, you think professionals you should have uh, enough wherewithal to to not have something like that happen you know keep your composure but you know guys guys balk right that that's just something that we know happens in a pressurized situation and the hit by pitch thing is really is rough. And and again, you can hit a batter and not lose a ball game. Just the bases can't be loaded. And with <laughs> Daniel Bard, the bases loaded. Sure, exactly. Yeah, with his proclivity for for walking guys and just not being able to find the strike zone, um, it it almost shouldn't be shocking in in, in that capacity, right? He hasn't hit too many guys this year, as far as I can recall. Uh, he has walked a lot, but. Yeah. He's been wild, you know, but yeah. Kind, yeah. kind of a, a bummer in that spot. And until someone else steps up, I mean, what else for anyone pulling their hair out? What were the other options? Carlos yeah. Estevez has been on deck uh, for a, a little while. And right when it seemed like he was about to do it, right, a couple weeks ago at home, right. he was about to maybe put his name in there. He, he lost control of it, did a great job in the eighth inning. Justin yeah. Lawrence. Got that opportunity uh, last Tuesday night, right against Pittsburgh, and you go, "Ooh, this is intriguing. We yeah. could have something here." He didn't have it. Now again, doesn't mean Estevez and Lawrence won't get those opportunities again, and may not, you know, usurp Bart at some point. But at this point, what other options are there really? There, there, there aren't. And you go, and again, we've talked about it so many times. This idea that you know, giving a young guy a chance when they might not be ready for it is not it's not really a good thing right you're if you set them up for failure that can be a confidence crusher and right. you'd almost rather say all right can somebody in this bullpen stand up and be an effective closer and if no one can then you give that duty to someone who's mentally strong enough to take it and maybe right. be able to pull through and that's why daniel bard is still your closer right even going into tonight's game Essentially, maybe maybe you do say, you know what? Next opportunity, I'm going to give Estevez the ball. He's been fine. Okay, I almost admit maybe even Jolie's Chassin could be that next one. Well, you know, <laughs> because in if you look at one inning outings, he's been very good. Yeah. Going more than an inning, not so good. So again, if you're going to put that on someone, if you're going to make someone be the goat for the game and not the the good kind of goat, right, but the right. bad kind of goat, right. then you know what? Make it be a veteran, and maybe even Chassin can figure some things out with that. And then maybe he becomes your trade chip for someone else in their bullpen. Sure. And you bring I back mean, a piece for the future. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's, I was just going to say before you made that point, somebody said to me on Twitter last night, like, Drew, it's got to be Chassin. And I was just like, this is, this is when I just want to sit the class down and go, you guys, I know that sucked. Um, it, it, losing ball games is always not fun. Losing them like that, extra not fun. But when you're at the point where you're saying this guy who would barely been able to find a job in baseball, who hasn't been good for two, three years running, who really was getting knocked the snot out of in his first month as a member of the Rockies, and as Patrick rightly points out, they were trying to make him maybe into something he can't be anymore, a multi-reliever guy. So maybe there's something there. I'm not saying there's nothing there. What I'm saying is when you're to the point where Jolie Chassin is the guy you're saying, he's definitely got to be the closer. There ain't no closer for this team. 
this is there's no solution to the problem at that point. You're you're reaching, and I and I love it. I love that we're reaching for answers here, and we're trying to find how can they stop losing just like this, specifically like this. And I don't think that there is a way. Their bullpen's just not good. They're just they're just not good, and hopefully they're going to get worse. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I got, like that. No, I like that. I right? love that. Like so. There, is there, there is there enough time? Is there enough time for them to get worse? Because they got to get better in order to get worse, right? Well, Michael Givens needs to recover, right? Chastain needs to continue doing what he's doing. Daniel Bard needs to maybe figure it out. And yeah. then people are going to come knocking on your door if yeah. they can find the Rockies door uh, and say, hey, you know what? We would like to acquire those guys. But until they kind of get better, they can't get worse. Yeah, I, I mean, to some extent, I, I do think that it, uh, Michael Gibbons just has to come back and be healthy. So I guess that is better to an extent. He's the easiest right? one. He, he's, yes, he's, he's the, the easiest go, one. Yeah. Please, someone, before he gets more Rockies juice on him and, and people get upset. But <laughs> uh, Estevez, you know, th- that'll be interesting as well. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you're, you're right to an extent. Like they have to at least show their worth but i also think that you know most of these guys are going to be counted on for totally different roles in in different organizations you know, the, whoever's acquiring bard isn't acquiring him to be their closer and so uh you know but and you're not getting a ton for him anyway you are not right. going to get it, ton. Would, it would really help if they would tighten it up a bit <laughs> and that's and that's something to consider is that with the stevis and bard they still have another year of control yeah. and granted you know, depending on how the final three months of the season goes, you go, well, they could be non-tender candidates, depending on how much they're going to make. And you go, the, now the Rockies are definitely going to get nothing for them. Yeah. But you could, you know, wait around until the offseason. Maybe somebody comes knocking. Or you just say, well, look, um, A, again, we need bodies out there. And we'd rather have these veteran dudes going out there. They, they have more value to the franchise, protecting the younger relievers. So that it has more right. more value to the franchise that way than than trading them, which again is is a sorry state, right? That's 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 a failure of the front office there a little bit on, yeah. on things, of course. Um, and two, that again, they have a fresh start next year, could be valuable to the Rockies, and at that point, and if they figure some things out, then they have some value on the trade market. Even if we're we're sitting here at the same time next year, and you go, ah, it's a three month rental. Okay, that, that's much better. A, a good player, a very good player in a bullpen for three months is worth a lot more yeah. than a guy you could have for a year and a half, but you know hasn't really shown you enough to say that they can do it consistency. Givens is the only one that will be a free agent after this year, so that's the one where you know even if you do happen to take you know five cents on the dollar, whatever it is, right. That's fine. And like you, you Will says, what are you going to do? Lose more road games? Uh, so, uh, yeah. Hey, Patrick, by the way, speaking of needing bodies out there, make sure them bodies are manscaped. You need them out there. You need them looking good. You need them feeling good. You need them smelling good. Fellas, you need your summer bod on fleek. Do, do the kids still say that? Uh, sorry, I, I reached back into a <laughs> completely different era of time there for a moment. Uh, but straight up, fellas, there's no excuse anymore not to be manscaped. It's 2021. Take care of yourself if you want anyone to take care of you. Get that lawnmower 4.0. That's right, the 4.0 in the performance package. It's 
high technology that takes care of your family jewels. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. Whether you're getting, again, that lawnmower 4.0, maybe you just need an update on your spritzers, your uh, <clears throat> the, the boxers, the deodorant they got all kinds of fantastic stuff to make sure that you are the best man that you can be nice and manscaped so again it's 20 percent off plus free shipping with code dnvr at manscaped.com <clears throat> and of course remember those are just some of the many many fantastic deals that you get for being a part of the dnvr family always helping you out always hooking you up with awesome deals uh Make sure you subscribe at the dnvr.com today. If you get the annual, we'll send a free shirt your way. You'll get discounts constantly on hats and shirts. You'll get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You can hang out with us in the Discord chat. All of those fun things. And, of course, drinking your Breck brews and your Breck Celsius and your Strava Craft coffee, all at a discounted price just for being a member of DNVR. It's fantastic stuff. So, uh Patrick, other, <laughs> other than the walk-off hit by pitch, I, I actually wanted to, to comment on this because I thought I thought yesterday's baseball game was objectively hilarious because the Rockies basically played an, an entire baseball game in where they totally dominated the Arizona Diamondbacks. But right before that and right after that were these other things that also counted, right? Because it's like you don't get to count an official inning pitched or like if John Gray had never recorded an out and they had just kept hitting doubles, you would have had zero innings pitched in an infinity ERA for the day, right? So the Diamondbacks put three runs on the board before they recorded an out. So if you go, well, the baseball game really starts at the first out, <laughs> right? Because that's when you have part of an inning has now been recorded. From there on, the Rockies absolutely dominated them right up until, again, the ninth inning. 3-1 victory at that point. It was a, they played that's, a and that's the definition of nine flushing. actual innings of baseball. They played a 3-1 to one game, but, yeah, man uh, – he, great on John from a mental standpoint to turn around after that. You would have thought, oh, he is this is going to get bad and he's going to be out of there. If he makes it through the fourth, I'll be shocked. He made it through the sixth, didn't allow another run, all the strikeouts. Um, it looks like we may have Drew Goodman on to join us for this part of the conversation so we can just get his take on it. If we've got you, Goody, how are you? Good. I hear you but why can't i see you hang on a second oh here we go there we go there you go so we're talking about more on yeah john <laughs> no yeah john gray as, as uh creaseman said that you know he it was another gutsy performance giving up those four straight doubles to open the game uh first time it actually uh the d-backs had done it uh, since 2003 uh if you want to talk about strange stats with qualifiers but after that Again, does the job, and then the bullpen with Chessine and Estevez is good until the ninth. So those middle portions of the game looked really good. How was how was John Gray in your estimation? I thought he was great. I mentioned on the on the broadcast that you know John is conditioned, and I and I heard some of you guys' conversation when I was in the uh, green room um, that you know John's conditioned as all those guys are who are veterans of Coors Field that 
you know, if you give up a couple or three, you know, even four runs at Coors Field, you can still early, you can still have a, a very good outing and give your team an excellent chance at winning. And John did exactly that. I mean, he was he was pretty much lights out after that fourth double. And I thought it, I thought his stuff was sharp um, after that. And, and and even for a guy that's 29, he's been around, he's won 50 ball games and all, you know, all the things that exist on his resume. I I still think you can learn something, and that is, you know, you got to you got to be ready to go from the first pitch. You can't just say, hey, you know what, first pitch of the game, here's 93 down the middle, because you can get ambushed. And he did get ambushed a little bit in that first inning. But to his credit, the mental toughness that he has now. And the maturity that he has now, he may not have handled that the same way a couple, three years ago. Yeah, that, that's what really stuck out to me. And a lot was made about that, you know, back then. And it's something I've always been interested in because, you know, it's like it's a tough mental job. Just starting pitching anywhere is just a, such a mental challenge. And then obviously you throw in those Coors Field elements. And, you know, I, I totally agree that and not just him. There are lots of guys in the game who would have let that day get away from them. You know, it's easy when you show up and you've got your best stuff and you settle in right away, you punch out three guys in the first, and then you have a nice game to turn a game around because it's not like other sports where when the other team scores, you get the ball back, right? John's only way of getting his team up to bat is to get three outs or for Bud Black to come get the ball from him. And we've seen Marquez, who's an all-star, not get out of the first inning this year. And so it was not to get one more double, but he's got to get somebody up in the pen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. Like, at what point do you get somebody up? And, you know, the worst case scenario for any manager, you're getting somebody loose in the first inning. Yeah. Um, and, and that person would be Jose Mejica right now. He's, the, he's now the new long guy. Right. Uh, fortunately, it didn't happen. And fortunately, he was great after that. And – you know, the Rockies, you know, they're, they're still devoid on the road and, and really at home, even in that St. Louis series, it's not like they had a lot of big uh, hits with runners in scoring position. They had some big late hits by Elias Diaz, certainly and obviously, uh, but it's not like they were banging the ball all over the park and, you know, and went eight for 15 with runners in scoring position. They're, they're, they're a flawed offensive team that has some young guys that are, that are getting better. Um, it things look better when you have uh, naturally when you have Tapia and Daza going up up top, and they're both in, in you know naturally because they were so hot in June. They're, they've kind of uh, tailed off considerably right now, and then you're relying on somebody else getting the big hit, and that ha that hasn't happened. And unfortunately, you know the bullpen has again been not good overall, and. Even Bard, I, I look at Bard's stuff, and I'm like, I, I'm always perplexed, guys. Yeah. He throws 97 to 100, and he's got great movement on his slider. I mean, he throws some Adam Adovino-ish sliders, right, at times? Yeah. yeah. But he can't get a lefty out to save his life right now. Right. I mean, I, I it's just that, that's a fact. He faced four lefties last night, and I, I've been talking about this quite a bit. Because they're facts. I'm not trying to. He has the greatest story in baseball over the last few years. What he overcame to get back. It's a it's a marvelous story. And I'm not trying to right now write his obituary. I have the utmost respect for him. 
Um, I don't worry about walks typically when he comes in. I know he he struggled with that last night, but the the fact that he struggled so much with lefties is alarming, and, and you have to pass on that information. I mean, we do as as broadcasters. And last night he faced five batters, the righty he got out, and the four lefties all reached. A hit, two walks, and a hit batter. Yeah, yeah. lefties are hitting 341 against him. He has a 605 ERA against left-handers. Whereas the right-handers, 2.20 ERA. And, and righties are batting 186 against him. So it's really it's, – it's a night and day. And at, you come up to the ninth inning and – D-backs are just loaded on the left-hand side, and without a, a veteran left-handed reliever, you, you can't really mix and match, and you just got to throw your closer out there, hope he can get a zero, and you take the extra innings. Yeah, I mean, if your buddy right now, who do you truly, honestly have supreme confidence in? And, right. and there's always going to be a situation, even with the top – a top flight bullpen where, you know, you hope that the majority are going pretty well, but there's always a couple of guys that, oh, they're in a little bit of a slump. It's, it's baseball. It happens offensively and it happens to the guys on the Hill, you know, right now, you know, Chassin's throwing the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, Michael Givens, we don't know. He just came back. I thought Kinley was throwing the ball pretty well, but he, he's got some soreness. So he's been down for a few days. Uh, you know, Estevez is, is hit and miss. You, there's no one you can just go, all right, man, I know we're going to get three outs here and that'll get us to the next inning. Yeah. You know, if you're buddy, you really don't have that. Thus the line, fellas. A you manager's can't have enough best friend is a bullpen. Good yeah. bullpen, right? Manager's bullpen. best friend's a good bullpen. Yeah. What, what was, what's your thought on this idea that, and again, this is, this is really true of, of any team, you know, struggling, is that, You'd rather have a veteran guy out there in a big spot like that that maybe doesn't have it than a young guy who might not be ready for it, right? Because the veteran's going to bounce back, whereas the rookie, man, that could totally you know shatter his confidence, and it's going to take that much longer to build him back up. What's your take on something like that? I think it's a great question, Patrick, and I have two and a half immediate thoughts on that. Two and a half. Ready? Number one, yes, from a managerial standpoint, you're still trying to win games. And are the Rockies going to the postseason? No. Are, are the Rockies a championship caliber team as they're currently comprised? No. We understand that. They understand that. But you still, from a Buddy Black standpoint, you're trying to win. You're also trying to develop. And so Justin Lawrence, who had an opportunity, this is kind of the second part of your question, if you will, the second answer, is that you know Justin Lawrence, who's closed games in the minor leagues, has – closer stuff does not have closer command yeah but you know he's he's 100 miles an hour and he's got a wicked slider and so you go all right let's put him in some high leverage situations because the only way you learn to do it is by doing it at the big league level so that's the other part of it and are you going to maybe kick some games that you could have won and instead of winning pick a number 76, you win 70 because, you know, you're still not going to the postseason, right? Right. And I guess the other half of that, the reason I said my two and a half, <laughs> the half all right. question or answer response is that I'm a big believer that if that affects somebody, let's say a guy, you know, young guy gets an opportunity like Lawrence and he, and it, it doesn't happen for him. He, he blows the save and he does not handle it mentally, emotionally, and it throws him in, in a significant tailspin, then he may not have uh, – I'm not saying this about Justin Lawrence. I'm saying anybody. Theory. He yeah. may not have 
the Constitution to be in that situation. Anyhow, if you're going to have a meltdown uh, the first time or two that you fail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Temerity, right? These young guys, they don't have that temerity always. So, And yeah, Lawrence will get an opportunity because that's the guy, right? That you go, all right, he might be able to do it. Estevez could step in there, Chassin. And maybe Lawrence is the closer of the future, right? He had, speaking of Adam Adovino, he's, you know, he's the future Adovino, right? And we know the struggles that Otto had, you know, in, in, in Rocky's yeah. uniform before he could figure it out. But you take a break, get that confidence, get, get that, you know, momentum going again. And then, all right, now we, we can go ahead and, and maybe give you that, that next shot, but it's, it's a little too soon, right? It was, it was only just a week ago and he's got to have some more good outings before he can possibly go in there and, and, and step in for Barton. Yeah, when, when you're talking about championship level late inning guys, one non-starter for me is you can't walk people. You cannot walk yeah. people. You can't do it. Yeah. I mean, the Rockies, one of their more successful closers, and it was certainly during a, a team a, a time when the team was very successful, was Houston Street. And Houston Street was a three-pitch closer. It was fastball, slider, changeup. Houston Street didn't throw very hard. You know, he's like 90, 91, right? right. But there wasn't going to be there, – no one was walking. And and right. he could – I mean, he could pin the tail on the donkey. I mean, he was going to work outside corner, outside corner, outside corner, take the slider a little bit off the corner, change up. He had great command. You can't walk people. Are there going to be times where you blow it because a guy hits a ball in the gap and then the guy follows up and hits another ball in the gap? Yeah, Tough to live with that, but you can't. You can. Yeah. What you can't live with is what happened last night. Right. 100%. Um, all right. We have to wrap up the video portion of this before too long. Um, but I will have a few extra thoughts for those of you listening to the podcast. But again, that's why you got to make sure you're subscribed to both of those things. But before we get out of here, Goody, we won't probably have time to talk to you as a preamble to the All Star game. We'll do more All Star stuff, I think next week but i just wanted to ask the big broad question of right around the corner it's 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 coming now it's it's here what are you most excited for uh just from your perspective what are you most looking forward to through all the all-star festivities yeah um, it's interesting that you asked that because i'm i'm gonna have uh my two partners huey and spilly on tonight on uh, you know, my podcast is going to drop tomorrow. And, and, and I was taking notes earlier. I'm saying, you know, and that's kind of what I was thinking about. You know, what am I most looking forward to? And I have to tell you, I was driving somewhere just a few minutes ago and I heard where, um, you know, Tani or no, I was listening to another podcast earlier, whatever. It doesn't matter. And and we were talking about Otani. They were talking about Otani and, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, historic because I'm sure he's going to pitch and he's going to hit. And how cool is that? Well, you know what's really cool for all of us? We're actually going to be there. So yeah. we'll be able to tell the story years from now. And go, yeah, I was there when Otani became the first guy in forever, or really ever, ever right? Um, to, he was, he's, I, I, the way it should work is he should start the game, right? Yeah. And, and hit. This way you can take him out and you don't lose the DH. Um, just have him hit for himself. It's an um, exhibition game. So it's like, let's. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder that. what the, how stringent yeah. – they're not going to be super stringent with the rules. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the home run derby. As we get closer, and I guess we're all, it's upon us, you know, all of those things. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool doing what we all do for a living to be able to 
go down there and you know and 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 visit with some of the young stars of the game and kind of get a feel uh you know for who they are and um and, and have you know the the baseball world descend on denver and the focus for 48 hours or so be on denver and coors field and in our beautiful state, um, to be a tiny, 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 tiny part of that and to witness it. I, I think all of that is going to be really neat. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to the being in the spotlight there and having the microscope yeah. on us because there, there's a, there's a lot to love about Coors Field and, uh, and everything MLB and the Rockies have, have done to pull this all-star game together because they definitely should be applauded for that. It, it's, it's come together better than I, I, I could have hoped for it. They've done a really great job. Yeah, and, and you know you know it was neat last week, and I understand you know a big part of it is how great a job the Rockies do with their uh, fireworks display and celebration. And I've been fortunate to be uh, seeing a, a lot of them around baseball, and the Rockies are, are number one. And I think it's really cool, Patrick, that. Um, there were 48,000 people in the house over the weekend each, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, and, you know, even Sunday, no fireworks, but, you know, good, healthy crowd, 32, 33,000, and they're enjoying baseball, and the team's playing really well at home, and it, it's, it, it felt normal again, man. It was cool. Yeah, and it's, it's ramped up quite perfectly, um, as, as you said, with, with the fireworks, because opening day 2.0 goes down on Monday against the Pirates. There's about 30,000. Slowly building up, Arenado comes on Thursday night, larger crowd, fireworks, and then lo and behold, gets even bigger than that where, again, the entire baseball world is going to be at, at Coors Field and around Coors Field enjoying this. There's going to be thousands more down at the convention center at Playball Park, you know, getting to, to throw throw baseballs in a, in a cage and, and, and clock them to see how fast they go, going to, to the batting cages, seeing artifacts from the Hall of Fame, getting to rub elbows with some some great legends that are in the Hall of Fame, some great Rockies players. Roger Bailey's going to be there. I'm psyched to see Roger Bailey. I know there's a name for you to throw back, but he was a very good pitcher in the 90s for the Rockies, and there's going to be so many wonderful people there. And it's it's all happening right here all at once, and it's it's going to be such a celebration. You want to make Roger's day, Patrick? Go up and ask him. Ask him how his golf game is, because that's what he is. He's a professional golfer. Really, senior tour? I mean, are we talking? No, about I'm, I'm kidding about that. I mean, Roger Borderline. has a gig. Roger has a gig, but um, Roger is on a golf course most of the time near you. So, yeah, good player. Very good, very good. And I'm I'm glad to see the Rockies kind of welcoming back some of these. These players, Lisa Fernandez, uh, Jenny Finch, some great softball legends are going to be there. Tomorrow I'm going to go down to the convention center. There's, they've got like an early media tour to where you can go around and see all the stuff. I mean, it's going to be like being a yeah. candy, candy store. I know. I got I to check it out. Um, I got to see. I, I haven't even seen who's in the celebrity. Are they all in like the separate celebrity softball game, that kind of thing? Uh, some of the people that are there signing will be doing that uh, for the celebrity all-star game. You know, they've, they only have released like maybe about 10 names, like people that they had signed on nice and early. Uh, I think pretty much Larry Walker and Vinny Castillo were the only Colorado names, but they've, you can't play softball with 10 people. So uh, we've heard some rumors that Will Barton will be participating from the Nuggets. I think there'll be a lot of other, you know, familiar names uh, in Denver sports and entertainment. 
that are going to be there and it'll it'll just be nice and if if you've got tickets to that event i mean you're gonna be there for the futures game beforehand stick around for the softball sunday you know you're gonna keep your eye on the rockies game as well so and the draft sunday's a big day for for baseball fans in colorado yeah we're i mean the rockies are playing the padres i gotta sneak over and um uh, i'm looking forward to that actually here's a shameless plug saturday because uh the new tattered cover is doing a lot of great things and they have a lot of, you know, authors in, and they're doing a lot of naturally baseball um, activities from the literature standpoint. And I'm going to uh, do a little uh, thing on my book at 3:30 and and sign after. So, um, you know, if you if you're in the neighborhood, come on by the Tattered Cover at McGregor Square, 3:30 Saturday afternoon or all day because they they've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people who are going to be there. Oh, that's fantastic. And that, that's at McGregor Square, right? That's the new one. Yeah, it's, the new, it's a brand new one where they, they moved to. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't been in there yet. I've been by there uh, after hours, but I'm excited. I love bookstores. So, it's, uh, and, and Tattered Cover is one of the, it's always been one of the great uh, independent bookstores in the country. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, your, your book's called If These Walls Could Talk Stories from the Colorado Rockies Dugout Locker Room and press box uh, with Benjamin Hawkman. And uh, it's fantastic. A lot of really good stories, uh, particularly from that 2017, but uh, even, even, you know, some inside stories and conversations you had with Larry Walker um, for, for anyone. We haven't, we haven't talked about your book in a while, you know, you're, you're, you're officially an author. And so uh, that was a, that was a fantastic read. Yeah. I appreciate that. Which means basically anybody can. Um, (laughs) I took out my crayons and uh, you know, carved away. Yeah, they've got some other events going on down there as well. Uh, some some virtual events that they're doing at the Tattered Cover, which uh, is pretty neat and, and and is worth checking out. Also, even at McGregor Square, there's a there's a cool event. I think it starts on Saturday. I don't know if you've caught wind of this, but uh, at the Rally Hotel inside McGregor Square, there's going to be an exhibit of of you know all these amazing artifacts from uh, Marshall Fogel, a guy from right here in Colorado. That's a, a big time collector. He had an exhibit over at the Colorado History Museum and I want to say maybe 2018. And, you know, he's got some amazing bats. And on, on Saturday morning, uh, a Brinks truck, you know, uh, armored guards and all that, they're going to be bringing through a 1952 Mickey Mantle PSA 10 card. So it's, it's a, again, a card that's 70 years old and looks like if you would have opened up a pack of cards today, the corners are so crisp and that's going to be on display only for a couple days, but the entire exhibit's going to be going on. I think all the way through the Dodgers series uh, at the end of next week. Yeah, no, I lent that to, uh, you know, to the city of Denver for the festivities this week. And I, I thought it was the least I could do uh, to, to kind of share that with other people. I heard it was actually a Jerry Kuzman card that was in the, the your back wheel of, of your bicycle when you were a kid. No. That was Gary Gentry, not Jerry Cooper. It's Gary there Gentry. There we go. You know, I, one of my one of my favorite Mets facts because I know you were you were a Mets fan uh, as a young guy growing up is Marv Thronberry and marvelous Marv. Marvelous Marv is the fact that his initials are actually Met. Marv Thronberry. I don't know. If I you didn't have, know that. I have you ever heard that, that one? Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't know his middle name. I think it's I think it's Edward. I again I. When, you, when you've got useless trivia like that, you don't need to like take it to the next degree. I just know 
his middle name started with an E, Marvin Eugene Throneberry. You know, Patrick, your wealth of, of uh, interesting facts and the 62 Mets, my favorite line that encapsulated the 62 Mets, one of the, the expansion Mets, one of the managed by the great Casey Stengel, one of the great characters of the game, but they were historically one of the worst teams in the history of the sport. They went 40 and 120. They didn't even bother playing the other two games they were scheduled to play that were rained out. They're like, don't worry about it. Go home. Right. But at one, at some point in time, Casey Stengel said, can't anybody here play this game? And of course the answer, if you know, the balloon answer, you know, over his head would have been no Casey, no one can play the game that's wearing a Met uniform right now. So, yeah, the, the, those were hard times, and there was an expansion draft the year before. So, I mean, the the quality of, of ball players out there definitely had, had gotten diluted at that time, and it just it is what it what it is. It's it's even amazing that the Rockies were able to, after '93, become an expansion team, have so much success early on. Again, that that's something that you you go into in your book uh, if these walls could talk. Uh, and you'll be around. You said Saturday, I think, right? The yeah, Covered. Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, middle of the afternoon, three thirty, over at the Tattered Cover, and we're gonna have a you know a little discussion. And then you know if, if people want to uh, purchase, I'll, I'll you know certainly stick around and sign and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's there's a high school all American game going on. I think yes. on on Friday, which is something I didn't know about. Just heard about that yesterday. I think they're even gonna do a home run derby uh, on Saturday. Um, before three thirty, they better get it done. I, I think you've worked out with uh, the staff at Coors Field to make sure there's no carryover. So everyone that's at the Derby for the high schoolers, they can go across the street uh, to hang out with you at three thirty. There you go. Um, you know, the, I'm excited about the high school American game. A couple of Colorado kids will be involved. Pitcher from Chatfield plays for a buddy of mine uh, up there, Brett Pierrat, and. Um, uh, an outfielder, center fielder who's going to Tennessee, who I saw from Grandview High School, uh, because we're we're in the same conference. Uh, since, you know, I coach at, at Arapahoe, and um, so uh, that that'll be exciting, not only for those two young men, but for all those kids to come and play at Coors Field, and and you'll see the, uh, you know, the next generation, if you will, of, of really talented college players. Yeah, and, and as you said, Reese Chapman from Grandview is committed to Tennessee. Christian Fouch committed to, to Arkansas again. Uh, I think those guys are they're juniors, right? So we'll we'll see what happens if you know they do possibly get drafted next year. But those are some some quality players that we have right here in our state. It's, it's got to be fantastic for them to be honored to play in that game. Yeah, Chapman's older brother is a senior. He just graduated and he's going on to play uh, college baseball as well. So it's a pretty good baseball family, the Chapman family. And then this year's actual MLB draft is going down Sunday at the Belco Theater at, at 5 p.m. I'm not sure if they're, they're allowing fans into that event, at least not, not this year. I don't know if you've gotten any word. I think that'll be probably the hope is that they can turn the MLB draft, especially if they continue to do it during the All-Star break, is you know, turn it into to a little bit like the NBA draft and the NFL draft. Again, I don't know that the fans will know quite as much about the players, but they can get excited and just kind of celebrate and see these players, you know, before they they start getting on those buses and riding around the country, uh, you know, the minors. 
Patrick, I like what you present there, and, and I'm with you, and it, it has grown. I think the stature of the Major League Draft has grown. It's nowhere near, so obviously nowhere near NFL, and it's nowhere near, quite frankly, the NBA right now. And one of the differences is, is that we watch Alabama and Ohio State and Penn State and UCLA and USC and, and the programs that seem to crank out a lot of NFL talent. We watch them play on autumn Saturdays. In the case of college basketball, we watch Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and Gonzaga all winter long uh, throughout the season, and then we really focus during March Madness. And so you have a familiarity with when Patrick Lyons of Gonzaga is the 10th overall pick by the New Jersey Nets. You're like, man, I really like Patrick Lyons. Good player, you know, and you have a feel for it. I, I think it grows – as we continue to grow college baseball and people focus, you know, maybe a little bit more during the year when, you know, Arkansas is playing LSU in, in an SEC weekend uh, deal or a series, or, you know, certainly when it gets to Omaha, I think more people are paying attention. Uh, the high school one's a, a tougher um Deal, but you know, with social media and getting out highlights of some of these kids that may go very high in the draft, I think it will help raise the stature and the interest in the major league draft. Uh, it, it's not, I, I can't imagine ever becoming what we see in the NFL um, or maybe even the NBA, but it certainly can grow and we can help educate people who are baseball fans as to who these guys are. And now they pay attention to the draft and they go, wow, you know, the Rockies, Coomer Rocker slipped all the way to the Rockies, you know, at the eighth pick. Um, so that, uh, th that's an interesting point that you bring up. Yeah. It's, it's a seed. I think MLB, you know, has tried to plant, especially in this past off season with, you know, the minor leagues shrinking a little bit, but then, you know, keeping some independent leagues as partner leagues. 